0: Welcome, welcome to Child Talk University. I'm your host, Pam Pastor, with the grace and peace of God, Love Wins, where our focus is upon equipping our future generation with the biblical tools necessary to make informed and wise conscience decisions for today as well as for tomorrow. As always, we begin by first looking backward to a recap of last week's featured story, and from there, we'll add on to our story this week by progressing forward. So the story last week was called Joseph in Jail, and here's what we learned. We learned that the Lord had helped Joseph to work hard, and that Potiphar's wife had lied about Joseph, and he ended up in jail because of her lies. She was a very malicious woman. A grapevine had three branches, and this was one of the dreams, to become a bunches of ripe grapes. And so the cupbearer had been holding Pharaoh's wine cup, and he took the grapes, squeezing them into the cup. Then he gave it to the Pharaoh to drink. That was the first dream. The second dream, the man was carrying three baskets on his head, one above the other, and food was in the highest one, and the birds came down and ate it. So what... What uh, Joseph told the cupbearer was that his job would be restored in three days. Now the baker did not fare as well. The baker's dream meant he was going to be killed in three days, hung on a tree, and the birds would eat him. Both the dreams did come true just as Joseph had predicted. Now, the king, a couple of years later, had two dreams as well. He was standing beside the Nile River, and the king saw seven cows coming up out of it. They were fat and healthy, and then they went into the meadow and ate, and then seven more cows came up and were very thin and scrawny, and they ate the fat, healthy cows, Now, the next dream that the king had, seven ears of corn were on one stalk, and then they were withered up, and they ate up the seven good ears. Uh, Also, God was telling Pharaoh what was going to happen in the future through these dreams, and then he places Joseph in charge over the people of Egypt, So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to read the story, Joseph Meets His Brothers. But I want you to go ahead and keep a lookout for these eight questions. And the eight questions are, Was Joseph... Okay, we just went over, was Joseph a good worker? So these next, I'm sorry, excuse me, these next eight questions to be on the lookout for was how great did Joseph become? What did he do during the seven good years? Why did Joseph's brothers come to Egypt? Did they recognize Joseph? Was Joseph happy to see his brothers? What did he pretend he thought they were doing in Egypt? Why did Joseph keep Simeon in jail? And what did Joseph tell his servants to do with the brothers' money? So we're going to keep a lookout for these questions, and then we're going to discuss them at the end of the story. So here we go. Joseph meets his brothers. So Pharaoh didn't send Joseph back to jail anymore, but made a great man of him instead. The king took off his own ring and put it on Joseph's finger and dressed him in beautiful clothing and put a gold chain around his neck. He gave him a chariot to ride in with soldiers running along ahead of him shouting, bow down and all the people bowed low before him wherever he went. He was in charge of all the land of Egypt and was almost as great as the king. Everyone had to do whatever Joseph told him to do. During the first seven years, when all the farms had such good crops, he went to all the farmers and made them give some of their corn to Pharaoh. Joseph took this grain and stored it in the nearby cities, keeping it safe until the seven years of famine came." Soon he had so much grain stored away that he stopped counting it. Then the seven years of good crops ended and the seven years of poor crops began. Soon everyone began to be hungry because there was so little to eat. When all their food was gone, the people came to Pharaoh to ask for something to eat. Joseph is in charge, Pharaoh said. Go to him and he will tell you what to do. Then Joseph opened up the buildings where the grain was kept and sold it to the people. Joseph's brothers were still living in the land of Canaan when the famine came. Soon their grain was gone, and they needed food for their father and for their families. They looked at each other blankly, not knowing what to do. Then their father said to them, "'Don't just stand around looking at each other. I hear there is grain in Egypt. Go and buy some for us so we won't starve to death.'" So Joseph's ten brothers got on their donkeys and rode for many days until they came to Egypt. Joseph's youngest brother, Benjamin, stayed with his father in Canaan, for his father was afraid to let him go. He was afraid something might happen to him just as it had to Joseph. Since Joseph was the governor of Egypt, he was in charge of selling the grain to the people. But his brothers didn't recognize him in his Egyptian robes. They came and bowed low before him, never imagining he was their brother. But Joseph knew them right away. Do you remember Joseph's dream that had made his brothers so angry? He had dreamed that his brother's sheaves of grain bowed to his sheaf and that the sun and moon and eleven stars had bowed to him. And now it had come true. Here were his brothers bowing to him now. Imagine Joseph's surprise and joy to see his brothers again, even though they had been so cruel to him. But he pretended he didn't know them at all. He spoke roughly to them and asked them, "'Where are you from?' "'From the land of Canaan,' they said. "'We've come to buy food.' Then Joseph said, No, you're spies and have come here to see what trouble we are in so that you can bring an army and attack us. Oh, no, sir, his brothers answered. We have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are men who speak the truth. We are not spies. Joseph pretended he didn't believe them and said again that they were spies. They told Joseph more about themselves and why they had come. Then said one of their brothers was with their father in the land of Canaan far away and was dead. Joseph still pretended not to believe them and said he would find out whether they were telling the truth or not. This was what he would do. He would send one of them back to Canaan and get their youngest brother they had told him about and bring him to Egypt. All the others must stay until he returned. Then he put them in jail for three days. On the third day, he talked with them again. This time he said that only one of them must stay and all the others could go home and take food to their families. One must stay so that Joseph would be sure the others would come back again and bring their youngest brother with them. When his brothers heard this, they were very sad. They said God was punishing them for their sin of selling their brother as a slave long ago. Reuben, the one who had intended to take Joseph out of the well and bring him back to his father, said to his brothers, didn't I tell you not to sin against the child, but you wouldn't listen to me. Joseph listened to them talking to each other. They didn't know he could speak their language and understand them, for he had talked to them only in Egyptian, and a servant had told them in their own language what he was saying to them. But of course Joseph understood every word they said. When he realized how sorry they were for what they had done to him, he had to go away and cry. Afterwards he came back again and talked to them some more but he still pretended that he thought they were spies. Then he took Simeon and tied him up while all the others watched, for Simeon was the one he chose to stay in Egypt while the others went home after Benjamin. Then Joseph told his servants to fill his brother's sacks with grain and to put into the tops of their sacks the money they had paid for the grain. Then Joseph hurried away to find a place Excuse me, but he didn't tell his brothers that the money was there. So let's reread that sentence. Then Joseph told his servants to fill his brothers' sacks with grain and to put into the tops of their sacks the money they had paid for the grain, but he didn't tell his brothers that the money was there. Finally, their donkeys were loaded, and all except Simeon started back home to Canaan. That night when they stopped to eat, they opened a sack to get some food. There was the money right at the top of the sack. They were frightened, for they didn't know know how it got there. So now we're going to cover all of those eight questions again, and we're going to answer those questions. So the first one, first question is how great did Joseph become? Well, he was in charge of all the land of Egypt and was almost as great as the king. Everyone had to do whatever Joseph told him to do. Question two, what did he do during the seven good years? He went to all the farmers and made them give some of their corn to Pharaoh. Joseph took this grain and stored it in the nearby cities, keeping it safe until the seven years of famine came. Question three, why did Joseph's brothers come to Egypt and did they recognize Joseph? Well, Jacob told his boys to travel to Egypt and buy grain so their families would not starve. And no, his brothers didn't recognize him in his Egyptian robes. Question five What did he pretend he thought they were doing in Egypt? Well, Joseph was surprised and joyful to see his brothers again, even though they had been so cruel to him. And he pretended the brothers were spies who had come to Egypt to see what trouble they were in so they could return with the army to attack them. And why did Joseph keep Simeon in jail? One brother must stay to be sure the others would come back again and bring their youngest brother, Benjamin, with them. And then finally, our last question, what did Joseph tell his servants to do with the brother's money? Joseph told his servants to fill his brother's sacks with grain and put it into the top of their sacks, the money that had paid for that very grain. So, I hope that you have enjoyed our story. Our next story next week is called Joseph's Favorite Brother. And now we're going to shift our focus. And I'm going to encourage you to begin a discussion, perhaps with a friend, a sibling, or one of your parents, centered around wows and pows. Now, if you've joined in with me previously, you may remember that a wow is when we get to share something God has done in our life that we're really grateful for. And a pow may have just been a disappointment, but it is one that God helped us to see the bright side within. So go ahead, I encourage you to stop this episode and do that now, and then you can restart it. And I want you to know that Jesus Actually, it's Jesus who wants you to know just how special you are to him. He is God's one and only beloved son, and you're God's children too. And one day, God wants you to come home to heaven and live with him, but not for a really long time. And in the word of God, Jesus tells us that he's in heaven, and in his father's house are many mansions. He's preparing one for you and one for me. Now, if this is where you want to live too, pray this saving salvation prayer along with me. But before you pray, we need to know that Jesus chose you first place. Imagine Jesus being the captain of your sports team. He would pick you first to be on his winning team. But here's the catch. You have to say yes that you want to join him. You see, God the Father chose Jesus and Jesus chose us. And when you say yes to Jesus, he gives this free gift to us. The person of the Holy Spirit comes. Comes and lives inside of us, giving us His spiritual power, which is greater than the spirit power within the world. This, kids, makes you a champion. So let's pray, Father God. We were spiritually dead and are in our need of being spiritually reborn. And because of Your Son Jesus's finished work on the cross, we're alive. We're holy and without blame, Father. Now we've been adopted into your family. We're brothers and sisters of Jesus. We've been redeemed from our mistakes. To pray this prayer after me to invite Jesus to lead and guide your life. Dear Jesus, today we come before you in repentance, meaning we're truly sorry for any known or unknown sin where we missed your mark in our lives. We're changing our habits and learning to be guided by the principles held within your word. Jesus, we want you to sit upon the throne of our heart, being positioned as our king. We confess your shed blood washed away our past, present, and future sin at Calvary. Amen. Kids, congratulations. You have been spiritually reborn. Welcome to God's kingdom. Now join me back next week for another edition of Child Talk University. Again, we're going to go over the story of Joseph's favorite brother. God bless you and have an amazing week.